Hello and welcome to the Inquisitive Tea Psychology Podcast, where we intend to provide you with educational and well-researched information on psychology and mental health to help you be educated to overcome life's challenges and improve your overall quality of life. What self-compassion isn't? Some common misconceptions about self-compassion should be addressed. One common misconception about self-compassion is that it is something weak, akin to weakness. However, compassion can be a tremendously powerful agent of change. Self-compassion, like goodwill, is a force of will. It is about providing care and support, while also demanding fair treatment and refusing to feel inferior or subordinate to others. When we are compassionate towards ourselves, we validate our own suffering and are more likely to respond decisively. Many people believe that being compassionate to oneself is selfish. Self-compassion, paradoxically, is required to sustain compassion for others. For someone to develop genuine compassion towards others, he or she must first have a foundation upon which to cultivate compassion. And that foundation is the ability to connect to your own feelings and care for your own welfare. Caring for others necessitates self-care. Other research indicates that there is no link between narcissism and self-compassion. It is common to confuse the two. When we feel, we react by boosting our self-image, whereas self-compassion implies openness to failure, the ability to comfort ourselves, assess the situation, and work to improve it. Self-compassion is a healthy inner response to adversity that makes us feel better, but it is relatively unaffected by social evaluation, praise and blame, success and failure. Myth number one, self-pity is a type of self-compassion. One of the most common misconceptions about self-compassion is that it entails feeling sorry for yourself. This isn't because self-compassion allows you to tune out the bad stuff. Rather, it makes us more willing to accept, experience, and acknowledge difficult feelings with kindness, which helps us process and let them go more fully. According to research, self-compassionate people are less likely to be consumed by self-pitying thoughts about how bad things are. Self-compassionate people have better mental health for this reason. Myth number two, self-compassion is a sign of weakness. Researchers are discovering that self-compassion is one of the most potent sources of coping and resilience available to us when we face major life crises. It appears that self-compassion makes all the difference in our ability to survive and even thrive. The researchers discovered that participants who expressed more self-compassion when discussing their divorce had better psychological adjustment to the divorce at the time. According to this study, it's not just what you face in life that determines your ability to cope, but how you relate to yourself when things get tough, as an inner ally or enemy. Therefore, being kind to yourself and being an ally to yourself is a sign of strength, not a weakness.
Myth number three: Self-compassion will make me lazy. This is perhaps the most impediment to self-compassion is that this fear that it will determine or undermine our motivation to push ourselves to do better. The idea is that if we don't criticize ourselves for not meeting our expectations, we're automatically succumbed to defeat. But consider how parents successfully motivate their children for a moment. If you are encouraging to your children, your children are more likely to gain self-confidence and faith themselves, as opposed to the other side. Moreover, a growing body of research shows that self-compassion is a far more effective force for personal motivation than self-criticism. In one study, participants who were helped to be self-compassionate about their recent failures reported being more motivated to apologize for the harm done and more committed to not repeating the behavior than those in the other group. Self-compassion allows us to acknowledge our failures and mistakes with kindness, and also rather than punishing ourselves, we are able to move forward with this mindset. Myth number four: Compassion for yourself is narcissistic. The key here is that self-compassion is a kind and accepting way of relating to the ever-changing landscape of who we are, especially when we feel or feel inadequate. In other words, narcissism necessitates feeling better than others, whereas self-compassion necessitates admitting. That we all suffer from the human condition of imperfection. This type of narcissism is also inherently fragile, fluctuating according to our most recent success or failure. However, the self-compassion is not as fragile as the narcissism or the self-esteem that you boost yourself up to be when you're being narcissistic. To give an example, one study discovered that whether the feedback was positive or neutral, self-compassionate people reported similar emotional reactions in terms of how happy, sad, angry, or tense they were. People with high levels of narcissism, however, were irritated when they received neutral feedback. They were more likely to deny that the feedback was due to their personality and blame it on external factors such as the observer's bad mood. This suggests that people who are self-compassionate are better able to maintain emotional stability, regardless of how much praise they receive from others. Narcissism, on the other hand, thrives only when the reviews are positive, and it may lead to evasive tactics when confronted with unpleasant truths about yourself. And finally, myth number five: self-compassion is self-serving. To give you an example, if you are a child raised to neglect your own emotional needs to serve to others, such as narcissistic parents or the immature parents, you are supposed to think that having self-compassion or being kind to yourself is selfish. 
Unfortunately, the ideal of modesty and concern for the welfare of others frequently comes with the implication that we must treat ourselves poorly. However, the catch here, the irony, is that being good to yourself actually helps you to be good to others, whereas being bad to yourself or neglecting yourself only hinders you. Thereby suggesting that self-compassion is actually serving you in a good way, in which you fill your own emotional cup, so that you can pour to others and the world around you in a more positive and compassionate ways. This brings an end to our podcast episode this week. What did you think about this podcast episode? What information do you know regarding this topic that you would like to share with us? We would love to learn and know. Let me and others know in the comments section below and/or through email. As always, the information in this podcast is intended to supplement rather than substitute for the advice of licensed mental health care professionals. The mission we have here is for you to learn, cultivate better mental health. Well-being and be curious. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please leave a comment or email us at inquisitivetea@yahoo.com. We're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope you continue to be inquisitive, and I'll see you next week.